Hello, America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News, where today it is America Votes Day, Election Day. That's right. No more campaigning, no more political ads. I'm sure that's going to make you feel better. We are on Judgment Day for one of the most momentous elections in American history. The contest between Joe Biden and President Donald Trump coming to an end after a frazzled and frenzied uh, fall with COVID and violence in the streets and so many other uh, calamities and, and challenges. And yet American voters are going out in large numbers today to exercise their constitutional right to vote, to make a difference in this election. And tonight or tomorrow or sometime soon after that, we'll have a winner. We'll be able to tell you who that is. So we're going to bring in a special guest, somebody who's been on the trail nonstop for the last three or four days. It is Mike Lindell. That's right. You know, you see him on television all the time, the famous pillow maker, My Pillow. Uh, by the way, I use My Pillow all the time. I love it. Uh, Mike Lindell, beyond his extraordinary work in his factory, beyond his extraordinary work in business and manufacturing in the economy, has become a major surrogate for President uh, Trump. And he's here to talk today about what he sees on the grounds in the final 24 hours of the election, what it was like to campaign and barnstorm the country, and some of the unusual censorship things he ran into on social media, even on local television stations. You're not going to believe the story has. We're going to get right to that. Uh, first, we're going to go to commercial break. And when we come back, I'm going to tell you about a few stories on justthenews.com that are worth reading. And then we'll get to our exclusive interview with my uh, pillow founder and President Trump surrogate, Mike Lindell, just a few minutes away, right after these commercial breaks. Hey, folks, you know what? A small regret is slouching in the dentist chair thinking I should have brushed and flossed better. A big health regret is listening to your doctor and thinking I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. I have that regret a lot. Better health today and when it matters most is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is unlike any fruit and vegetable or green product. Field of Greens isn't watered down extracts. Field of Greens is an organic superfood. It's whole fruits and vegetables. Each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart, liver, kidneys, metabolism, and of course, your immune system. And only Field of Greens is backed by a better health promise. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Don't look back and say, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. Field of Greens is a key to better health today, right now, and when it matters most. Let's get you started with 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. In a few minutes, we're going to have our exclusive interview with Mike Lindell. Yes, the surrogate for President Trump, the great CEO of MyPillow, the founder of MyPillow, and a man who has his finger on the pulse, particularly in Minnesota, where there's a lot of buzz about Republican opportunities in a state that has been uh, blue for many, many, many decades. All right, before we get to that, though, I want to talk to you about a few uh, of our uh, last election stories that are going on today, and I think that you'll enjoy all of them. The first comes from my great colleague, Susan Katz-Keating. She normally covers the Pentagon for us, but she did some great election work for us, and one of those things is the number of veterans who are in key races in Congress this year. Uh, there's a really a, a special group of folks that are running, and uh, uh, she has laid them out in uh, small order and a really good story that I think um, uh, really brings some uh, value. Here's the amazing thing. 
there are 182, you ready for that? 182 former service members contending for uh, in the election of this uh, race in the House and Senate alone. 182, that's remarkable, an extraordinary number. Some of the big ones that we're going to be watching tonight at Justin News, Martha McSally, obviously, uh, in Arizona, trying to keep her Senate seat from a big challenge from uh, Mark Kelly. Um, and McSally, of course, was an Air Force uh, veteran, uh, and Kelly was in the Navy. So we got two uh, great American veterans uh, squaring off in Arizona for a Senate seat. Uh, that's one we're going to keep an eye on. Mitch McConnell versus Amy McGrath in Kentucky. That's another interesting one. Uh, as you know, um, McConnell spent a little bit of training for the Army Reserve before he was discharged during the Vietnam War. And McGrath is a graduate of the U.S. Naval Academy. She's the Democrat in the race. We'll be watching that one. Uh, another one, down in Texas, House District 23. Texas, House District 23. Gina Ortez-Jones is, is squaring off against Tony Gonzalez. So the incumbent, Will Hurd, is retiring. Uh, he's a uh, congressman we've had on this show. So he's retiring, and Democrat Gina Ortez is a former Air Force intelligence officer who served in Iraq, so she served her country well. And uh, Tony Gonzalez, he's the Republican candidate in that House 23 district in Texas. He also comes to the world of military intelligence, having been a cryptologist in Iraq and Afghanistan while serving in the Navy. So two veterans, again, up against each other in Texas. That's a race we're going to be watching. Uh, we know uh, former Navy SEAL Dan Crenshaw. He, uh, he's uh, trying to keep his seat. There are several other incumbent members of the uh, military and in the Congress that are fighting. Sean Parnell, a Republican, is facing off against a Democrat incumbent and former Marine Corps officer Connor Lamb. That's going to be a closely watched race in Pennsylvania. I think that's House District 17. So a lot, a lot of really extraordinary uh, men and women running uh, for Congress who have already served their country once in uh, in uniform and now want to serve it in a political and elected capacity and our good colleague susan katz keating has all of them if you go to justthenews.com right now you'll see that very important story it's one of my favorite of the day um, we get to celebrate not only election day but the service of so many incredible veterans keep this in mind 182 uh, veterans military veterans are running for office today that's just at the House and Senate level. That's a remarkable number, something we should all celebrate, a second career for our brave warriors, our men and women who are in the fighting green and blue. We're very lucky to, to have them uh, serve our country and try to serve it again in a political capacity now. Uh, so many other things to talk about on the election today. I wanted to just uh, go through a few things that we're going to be watching. First off, legal uh, there are lawyers all across the country in many different locations, including Justice Department lawyers. I think there are about 44 to 48 sites around the country, including several in Virginia, where they'll be looking for abnormalities, irregularities, infringements of our right to vote. Uh, and then there are private lawyers. Uh, we had one of them on here the other day, Phil Klein. We've had Jenna Ellis on. Uh, she's a lawyer for uh, the president's uh, campaign. Uh, there'll be a lot of people watching. We're going to keep you up to speed on any legal matters that occur over the uh, next uh, few hours, over the next few days, as these races sort themselves out, as the final vote is tallied, and we find out who our next president, what our next Senate and our next House look like. Uh, the lawyers are going to be on standby. Hopefully we won't need to uh, have a major legal battle like we had in 2020, but I can tell you both sides are girded and armed in case we need to go there. 
Um, and so we're, we'll be watching that and covering that. Daniel Payne has been um, one of the uh, leaders for us on the coverage of all the lawsuit issues in election balloting and ballot fraud. And he'll be on that case tonight, just like he always is. Uh, One last thing to remember, as we head into this election, tomorrow, the day after the election, we will feel the impact of something from the 2016 election. Isn't that weird? The day after the 2020 election, there is a milestone that reminds us of the consequences of the 2016 election that, of course, gave us the Donald uh, Trump presidency. And what is that milestone? Well, the United States tomorrow will officially exit the Paris Accord. Yes, President Trump pulled us out of it many years ago, really at the beginning of his presidency, but it officially takes effect tomorrow, the day after Election Day 2020. What a remarkable irony. It's a great reminder that elections have consequences, that change, uh, that a change of guard in the White House does, in fact, change policy and direction and impacts everything from foreign policy to domestic spending and and security. Uh, Very important things that we think are um, uh, all going to play out again tonight as voters go out and uh, uh, cast their ballots. We're reminded there are consequences to the policies, the people of the United States. Finally, one last one that I, I thought was really fun, and this comes from my good colleague, Daniel Payne, who we were just bragging about for all of his good work on ballot fraud and ballot litigation, election litigation. Daniel has a really great story taking a look at some of the COVID tracking sites and how they can be misleading by the way they gather their data. And what he did is he compared CDC data to uh, data that are on uh, popular COVID tracking uh, sites like um, the Johns Hopkins site and others. And what he found was um, uh, while they're very popular in the media and for laypersons and for pundits and social media, a lot of these uh, data researchers and scientists get their data much delayed. And when the when they filter in their data, sometimes two, three, four months afterwards, they make uh, they, they skew the data to make like there's a recent crisis in COVID deaths when in fact they may be weeks or months old. Daniel's done a really good job of of sorting this out and explaining its importance and what we can learn from it to make sure that in future pandemics, future flu counting, we get this right. Uh, His headline on his story with delayed death counts, popular COVID tracking sites mislead public and fuel alarm. It's worth reading. It's one of those things you don't get anywhere else. We've been digging into this data. We've been watching the behavior of these sites. And again, everybody's well-intentioned. They're trying to keep the public informed and alerted and aware. But if you're doing that job and your belated data uh, flow creates a false portrait, it's important for us to understand that, call it out, fix it so the American public can make a good decision, policymakers can make a good decision. I think Daniel Payne is on to something. All right, folks, we're going to go to a commercial break. And when we come back, Mike Lindell, yes, the founder, the CEO of MyPillow. You see him on TV. You see him on Sean Hannity. You see him with the president. He's here to talk not about his business, but to talk about all the work he's done as a Trump surrogate, as a activist on the front lines of this amazing 2020 election, what he's experienced both in terms of joy and engagement by voters and what uh, he is uh, also experienced in terms of censorship and rejection from the mainstream media and social media companies, including even local TV Uh, news outlets. What an interesting story he has to tell us. He's going to bring it right to us exclusively here on John Solomon Reports right after these messages from our great sponsors and our wonderful advertisers. Temp check. 
What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer, a beach bum summer, or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door, in as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. All right, folks, welcome back to the show. And uh, a special thanks to all of our great advertisers and sponsors. As I promised, a very special guest, Mike Lindell. Yes, my pillow, the man who created that incredible franchise, but more importantly, a man who's made a big dent in politics and in America at large. Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. How exciting is this? <laughs> it is. We're finally here. We made it to election day. How about that? Absolutely. I've been going nonstop. It's almost like a relief. Now I can't wait for the results. <laughs> exactly. That's all that's left to do. Well, uh, first, let me ask you, how do you been out in the campaign trail uh, campaigning for President Trump? You, you know, obviously the Republican Party chairman in Minnesota now. Tell us what, what it's been like the last uh, two weeks of the election. It's been nonstop. I've been doing so much stuff in Minnesota uh, Jason Lewis had, a, had an operation. He's running for Senate against Tina Smith. So I uh, spoke at a lot of his events. I've been doing rallies in Minnesota, um, and then I've been doing the presidential rallies. I spoke at at least five or six of them the last couple weeks, um, wow. all the way from Minnesota, Iowa, Georgia. Went to that Georgia one a couple of days ago, and Wow, there must have been 55,000 people there. Yeah, the crowd sizes are crazy. I, was, I, I never seen anything like it. Yeah, and then we I went to the one Rochester, Minnesota, where the where uh, our terrible governor and attorney general Keith Ellison tried to block, uh, you know, from having it all together. Then they said there can only be 250 people outside. Well, what the president did then, he pulled up and he got there at Air Force One, and he told all of us, he said, "I'll be right back." He went around to the parking lot and the, <laughs> the field with 10,000 people. He brought the president to the people and did one third of his speech right there on that grass. It was amazing. Wow. Just how amazing. crazy is that? What yeah, a gracious no, there's... guy. It's just unreal. It is, it's an amazing time. And when you handicap, you know, obviously the Democrats put a lot into the early voting. You obviously uh, have been working to get the vote out, particularly today on, on election day. Uh, Tell me, how do you, you know, how do you weigh the differences of the two approaches? Do you think the president can get enough votes out on Election Day to win re-election? A hundred percent. You know, it was a big uplift uh, two days ago when uh, these new polls, I call them the real polls, came out. Right. And, uh, you know, Iowa was up by seven, Minnesota up by two. This is my home state of Minnesota, which is going to shock the world. <laughs> but all the all the depression polls that came out, you know, Two weeks ago, these were to get people to not vote uh, today. And I think it's going to be the biggest turnout in history. I think people are telling their friends like me, myself and my pillow, I have 1,500 employees. I, I said, you guys, everybody can go vote. You know, wow. take the time, take your day off or whatever, because I we need everybody to get out and vote. And it's going to be all these depression polls are going to be wrong again. There's so many reasons why I could spend 10 minutes on the phone here telling you all. Um, one thing after another that's different in this election than any other election where, you know, people, you women are worried about safety and security, like in my home state of Minnesota, where right. these terrible decisions manifested into riots and destructions of cities around our great country. And, 
And uh, they see that. And they, you know, talking about defunding police, you know, there's safety and security. The woman, the woman, uh, suburban woman that they say is, oh, that's not going to go for the president. Absolutely she is because she was. And I heard the suburban moms, they all want their kids back in schools. You know, they want them back in school. And and then you have another demographic. You have all the college kids, which they, which they've been brainwashed by their college professors, thinking socialism just means you have a cup of coffee. Well, they're not in college right now. They're at home doing their thing, getting influenced by their parents. I think you're going to have a lot of non-votes there, and maybe and maybe they'll get there. You know, they'll start to vote on policies rather than this this false illusion that socialism is good. And, yeah. um, you know, so I mean, a lot of Democrats, they're flipping. I see that all. I did a commercial in, in, in Minnesota a couple of weeks ago. Right. And they're they're all flipping because that party, that ship sailed a long time ago. You vote now, it's just a Trojan horse for this. The, some of the worst things that would ever happen to this country. Well, you know, you've been really instrumental in talking to the president, advising the president on manufacturing. And that's one of the big uh, success stories of this administration. You wouldn't be able to tell if you were. Uh, if you were listening to the mainstream media, but the, the the growth of manufacturing jobs, the focus on China and getting a fairer deal. Tell us what it's been like to advise the president on that and what what record you think you've accomplished. Well, I really don't advise him on that. I mean, he, him and I, when we've talked, um, that's, you know, he's, how do you advise someone that makes such great decisions? And, but I do, <laughs> you know, on his commercials, you know, the advertising, I'm very strong there on that. But, but with the, uh, with the manufacturing, back when I talked to him in 2016, when I first met him, he already proved that. He brought all the manufacturing back, you know, right before this pandemic. I looked around where my pillows factories are, and all of a sudden, all this other manufacturing is there, and the wages were going up, and the lowest unemployment in history, and everybody was jockeying for better jobs and careers, and right. and all that's coming back. You know, they just, uh, you know, other than, and you can see that, it's coming back in states that don't have this dem- Democratic leadership, like in my home state of Minnesota, it's horrible. But then you look to you look right across the border to South Dakota, where that governor, she made decisions during the pandemic to say, I'm not going to take away their constitutional rights. I'm going right. to I'm going to educate the people after listening to my side by medical people. And she made decisions and made every business essential. Well, guess what? The number one economy is the United States right now. It's South Dakota. Yeah, Their tourism is up 150 percent during a pandemic. Then you go south to Iowa and that right now they've gotten during this pandemic with great Governor Kim Reynolds. She's made decisions where now she's got the fifth lowest unemployment in the United States right now. They've got almost all their all their jobs back, and it's just going to keep going up if we get Donald Trump elected. Yeah, it is. It is really remarkable. When I know the early on, the Democrats and I'm quite frankly, all the time they've tried to make this election about uh, the president's handling of COVID. But in fact, this is really about an election about two different Americas: one that's locked down, anarchist, uh, a socialist leaning, and one that is vibrant and growing. When you get out in the field and you talk to real people, is that message setting in? The message is setting in is this is what I'm saying. Even even my friends that were traditional Democrats, they they don't want that. So they don't want the lockdown stuff. And they don't and what they're gonna find out, of course they get brainwashed by the fake news every single day because they're part of that party. I agree like the president. It's kind of funny. I think on November fourth that all of a sudden you won't hear you know you won't hear so much about COVID because we do now know a lot more than we knew before the hospitals everything yeah. everything we're just you know whether you have to live in a different thing with it right now until vaccines or therapeutics come but I think uh, what's going to happen is just like when the riots came nobody cared about COVID then 
all of a sudden the left's going, wow, look at this. They made it, you know, all this, all these people are out riding. And the only <laughs> one that wanted to wear masks were the people that didn't get their faces on TV so they could go commit a crime. Right. Yeah, no, it's, it's amazing. The double Terrible. standard, the hypocrisy and double standard all throughout this yeah. year. It's remarkable. Yeah. Now, you've done a lot uh, for your country uh, beyond building just this incredible brand and, and employing all these amazing people. Uh, when COVID hit, you retooled some of your factories. Talk a little bit about what the thought process was and what that was like to, to pitch in at that moment of crisis. Yeah, we, went, we, we moved on that right away because I, had, uh, I did realize that the only way that these that companies were going to be able to stay open was you know, where there's gas chase or whatever. I really be, realized, I thought it was going to go that direction. There would be this huge need for masks. So... We were in a position where we were able to, at my pillow, we I make decisions really fast, and and my people are able to move fast. We don't have committees going, uh, third quarter allowed, you know, let's do this and have all these meetings. No, it took about 10 minutes to make a decision, and then we went for it. And we, we got up to making 50,000 masks a day. In fact, they, uh, I just donated 1.5 million masks to the state of Minnesota. I heard they were in need, and... Um, you know, I didn't, I wanted to get the schools, you know, get the schools and stuff and to get these things right. open. That was just last week. I donated, uh, yeah, 1.5 million masks, not just the ones we make at my pillow, but we had disposables and N95s. I just look where help is needed. God's blessed me with a platform to be able to do my due diligence and, and get behind anything, no matter what it is, my evangelical calling and, uh, and getting behind the greatest president in history. I mean, uh, people say to me all the time, well, what, Mike, you're so political. I didn't get political. I didn't know anything about politics. I was an ex-crack addict. And when I came, uh -huh, out, right? when I came out of addiction, I'm going, what did I miss? All my friends were unemployed. <laughs> we got a president giving money to an evil empire. People are losing their houses. And then, you know, then I meet Donald Trump in the summer of 2016 in a half-hour private meeting. And we walked out. We talked about um, the inner cities. We talked about he was bringing the jobs back. We talked about my addiction platform. All these things nice. and everything he said in that room, he's kept his promises. And, and all my friends are going, wow, Mike, you were right. You were right. You were right. And it's so exciting this time because we all went in on faith before. And now we have proof of concept. Right. Sure. Now there's a record and, and, and a record of accomplishments. There's no doubt. I mean, that's, I think, what's playing to the uh, president's advantage in these final last days. People looking at that record one more time. When um, when you look out at the social media, the news media, I know it's frustrating. And obviously, you you have to use the news media for advertising and do things like that. But how frustrated are you with the state of social media, news media in America? And can it be fixed? Well, you know, um, I call him Mark Suckabuck from Facebook. <laughs> I saw that he, he actually, on Twitter. He, he actually blocked my <laughs> on Jack, Jack Dorkey from Twitter and Mr. Goober. All three of them. Google, Twitter, and Facebook need to be smashed like a jigsaw puzzle after this election. I'm serious. Mm -hmm. Even even politicians on the left, Democrats, they want this. This this has to end. Uh, Facebook just a week ago took down some of my ads. They're just my my pillow or my sheets. They made right. us not run them because they say I'm in them and it's too political because I'm branded now with the president. And You've got to be kidding me. I am not. These are just kidding. commercial and ads, right? And then the TV stations, including Fox, will not run me. Let me run my book ad, which is my book's called "What Are the Odds?" From it's my life story, and right, because right. I end up becoming friends with the president, they're not running that because until after the election, because they say it's political. But they, when you go back to Twitter, Twitter and Twitter's another. It's you know obviously the president needed Twitter to get around to get his message out, 
But it's sure. terrible when people like me, all of a sudden you lose 30,000 likes in one day or friends in one day followers. You're going, okay, I, did everybody just take March off of my page? This is crazy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this is no, happening all across the country right now with Facebook and Twitter. And and if somebody doesn't have a voice, see, I have a voice, so I'll be out there and he'll, oh, they'll fix mine maybe right away. But what about all the guys that are just right below me that, yeah, have, everyday that people, don't have right? that voice to stand up to these giants and these monopolies? Yeah, well, the New York and, Post, look, the New York Post was offline for two weeks. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It, it really is. And God, Google's probably broke more antitrust laws than any company in history. Yeah. And I've, uh, um, I mean, they, but they're all three just equal. I mean, it's just terrible. And there's, and there's other things from, from social media too, that, uh, could be piled on there too. But, um, I had, a, I did a show one time in, in Washington, DC overlooking the city and they go, Mike, what do you think of the CEO of Apple bad mouthing, uh, Facebook for invading people's privacy? And I grabbed my phone. I go, Tim Cook, who do you think you are? I know you can hear me. Who do you think you are, bad-mouthing Suckabuck? The headlines were, Mike Lindell sticks up for Suckabuck. You know? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> they miss the irony entirely. That's, yeah, that's yeah, how bad they, the media yeah. is today, isn't it? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, when you look out, if you get the president reelected, and I know you're working hard to do so, what's the most important thing in a second uh, term to accomplish in America? What are you looking for in a second term? I, I think he's going to get so many great things done, but there, I could go on and on. Like, I'm... My addiction platform, where right. I, we're going to help millions of addicts. There's the there's regulations in like thirty some states where you. This is just an example I'm giving you. Where where in order to counsel an addict, you got to go to college for four years and do all these things. Well, addicts wanted to get counseled by addicts that have already made it through. Right. I, I've forgotten more Real about addiction than these counselors would ever know. And so he'll let's say, and he's great at rolling back the regulations, saying that doesn't make sense. And he's going to, there'll be so many things. I think um, um, school of choice, I just think there's going to be so many things. And like you say, uh, breaking up Silicon Valley. I mean, doing all these things. I think it's going to be a great unification. Everybody coming together. I really believe that. I believe people, I believe Democrats have seen their party now that that ship sailed and they've seen it for what it's worth. All you have left on the left is these radical crazies. The leadership of the, of the Democrat Party that now is all has changed towards socialism. It's not the not the old Democrat leadership of old. And I believe the the people you're going to unite the people in this second term of where the common sense is. I I've talked to a lot of Democrats that are flipping and they're going. You know I don't really like um, Donald Trump, but I sure like that he's kept his promises and he's turned right. and he's turned the Republican Party into the common sense party. We need businessmen running this country that make common sense decisions instead of making decisions for poli uh, political decisions for your party or your own personal agenda. That's the corruptness in Washington. When we talk about draining that swamp, that's what needs to be, to be gone. We need to get rid of these career politicians. We need to have people making business decisions that are running this country like it has been run now. It's been amazing. And uh, yeah. and they, uh, I just think the second term is there'll be so many silos that it's just endless of the these different silos of common sense. I think he's going to build by by the, by spring. It'll be the biggest economy in history, back to where we were in spite of this uh, terrible China virus. 
And, right. and by the way, I want to tell everyone out there, he made some of the best decisions ever to get us through this China virus. I was there in D.C. when I went. You'd have governors calling from New York and California, stuff that would right. take six to eight weeks. He would do it in one week. He'd get on it right now. He doesn't wait on things. He's like a vacuum cleaner in knowledge. He listens so good. <laughs> he brings it in. He goes, hey, let's do it right now. Why can't it be done? It should have been done yesterday. You know, and. Yeah. And these are things you don't you got if you move on things right away, you can save a lot of money, and get rid of a lot of a lot of that extra expense in government that you don't need. Yeah, well, Lord knows we have a lot of extra expense in government these days and probably a lot of surplus uh, federal employees. If, um, if, if the president wins and you obviously been in a state where Democrats have been predominant, does the Democratic Party have a pause moment? Do they stop and look and say, we've lost middle America, we lost the heartland, you know, where, where your, your great factories are? What, um, what, what, what message does the Democratic Party take if Donald Trump wins re-election? I think they got to totally regroup and, and, be, uh, and be what the country wants. And they, uh, because I think they're losing, they've lost everything over there and they can't keep lying that, that this is, uh, that like Biden... Like Biden is the only reason he's just a Trojan horse for what. And I think they're all going to see that. And I think they're, the Democratic Party is going to have to completely get rid of the socialism, which nobody does want other than the crazy news media, the fake news. And and I just think, uh, um, you know, it is going to be a big regrouping. I My my prayers are that you never have it. But that party never wins again, ever. I mean, I mean, you just have a common sense party and another common sense party. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would be uh, that would be something, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, Mike, I know you've been working hard on the front lines of this campaign, and we're so blessed to have had you on the show before uh, before the last votes are cast today. We, we thank you for all you do for the country, for your great pillow. I use your pillow every day because, you know, I, I had a bad neck and I started sleeping on your pillow. I haven't had a bad neck since the day I did that. So I want to thank you personally for creating a great, uh, such a great product, too. I, well, thanks for having me on, and God bless, and let's let's win today. We will be watching tonight for sure. All right. All right. <laughs> Mike, God have a good time on the trail. God bless you. Thank you. All right, folks, when we come back, we're going to wrap things up. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, folks, that wraps up uh, the Election Day edition of John Solomon Reports. We hope you liked it. Uh, I certainly enjoyed Mike Lindell. His energy just comes through the microphone. You can tell his excitement about seeing a record number of Americans vote uh, for going on the front lines and stumping for the president of the United States, making the case for a second four years for Donald Trump. There are similar surrogates on the other side for Joe Biden that have been out there working hard. It's remarkable. Whatever people think of this year, and I think 2020 will be a year we'd like to put behind us. Yes, COVID, riots, police killings, all the different things that have happened to put our country through a little bit of tumult. At the end of the day, we have uh, something to be thankful for. Democracy is alive and well. Uh, The very great gift that our founding fathers gave us, the right to vote, to choose our government, 
to self-identify uh, as Republicans or Democrats or independents without harm or repar- uh, uh, fear uh, is upon us. And to this day, we're probably going to see a record number. We certainly saw a record number. Uh, nearly 100 million people voted early. 100 million people voted early. And I bet you 60, 70, 80 million more will vote today, uh, giving us a record number. What an incredible statement that Donald Trump and Joe Biden electrified this country that the American public in the midst of COVID and an economic boom turned into a brief reception and then another economic boom that in the midst of all of that, that American voters would find more energy, more time, more excitement to go out and exercise their right. Uh, For that, we should be grateful no matter who the winner is. Uh, And I know we'll be talking about that tomorrow when when the dust settles and the smoke clears. We'll have winners in all the main races, and we'll be here tomorrow to sort all of that out. Until then, have a blessed election night. Enjoy your family. Watch us on justthenews.com. Watch us on Real America's Voice, Channel 219 on the DISH Network, Channel 240 on the digital network known as Pluto. Watch us there. Watch us live on the site, justthenews.com. Stay tuned all night for the best and brightest of our election results and analysis. We're brought to you live from justthenews.com. Have a good night.